Hello and welcome to How to Start Up, a podcast for anyone starting a company. This is a collection of conversations with people who have all successfully started, run and even sold their own companies, sharing not only professional but personal experiences on what we should be doing now, next or never. Hosted by me, Juliet Fallowfield, founder of PR consultancy for startups, Fallowfield and Mason. Given many founders are experts in their own fields, but not when it comes to the more technical side of things, I wanted to create this mini-series that provides listeners with a practical checklist covering all sorts of things from accounting, legal, HR recruitment, ethical and sustainable practices, investment, as well as public relations. This all falls under the I don't know what I don't know, given how many new areas you have to learn when starting a company. Should you have further questions, please don't hesitate to leave them via the SpeakPipe link in the show notes. As this mini-series is a more practical how-to, I really wanted to speak to someone who has a great deal of experience in creating an ethical and sustainable business. In this episode, we hear from artist jeweller Uta Decker, who simultaneously started her eponymous brand, creating unique and limited edition sculptural jewellery, while researching and sharing what she had discovered around creating an ethical company. This research culminated into a site now run by the incorporation of goldsmiths called Ethical Making. Hi, Uta. Thank you so much for joining How to Start Up. It would be fantastic if you could start with giving a brief introduction as to who you are and a bit about your background. Yeah, thank you, Julia. It's a real pleasure to be here with you and talking about one of my favorite subjects, sustainability. I'm a jeweler and this is my second career. I used to be a journalist and have a degree in political economics. And jewelry really has been a private passion for me for probably 20 years before I started it. And I had no intention of becoming a professional jeweler, but it just grew organically. And also the whole ethical focus that grew organically as well. I've always been very mindful of sustainable and social issues. So when I started off with jewelry, I first bought my silver like everybody else from the silver supply shop. But then Coming from the political economic development background, I, of course, started looking at the whole ethical context. It's very important to always look at the context. And then, of course, we all know things like the film Blood Diamonds. And when I started looking into metals, I thought, oh, my God, I mean, gold, similar story, you know, the human rights abuses and the environmental devastation it wreaks. I thought I can't possibly work with that kind of material. And that's where I started really to look for alternatives. And that was in 2009. Oh God, amazing. Because not only have you started your jewellery brand, but you've also started a foundation or a company called Ethical Making to advise other people in the industry how to source materials. Yeah. So when I started out in 2009, which is not that long ago, if you googled ethical making, there was absolutely nothing. Any sourcing was impossible. So every little bit of information that I found, I just put it on my website. Because the whole thing about working sustainable or ethical, it really makes only a difference if many people do it. It's not about being holier than thou 
to be ethical. It's really, we want to make a difference. We want to change the status quo. So I put every little bit of information on my website and just totally unintentionally, it grew into the largest resource of ethical jury making practices from suppliers to green studio practices. And I had thousands of visitors every month from all over the world. But those things take a lot of time. So in 2018, the incorporation of Goldsmiths, a approached me and wanted to share the information more widely on their website as well. And so it's really the incorporation of Goldsmiths who's now taken it over. It's a really wonderful resource. It's incredible what you've achieved and the fact that you were aggregating all this information for the greater good and everyone can still access that, but you must be really proud of it. One thing I found is that ethical and sustainable are often misused and misunderstood or seemingly interchangeable. I was hoping you could unravel these for us. So in 2009, when I started the whole journey, somebody we might mention again later, Greg Valerio, was really an absolute pioneer. And he was actually the person behind getting the Fairtrade Foundation, who we know from Fairtrade Coffee or Fairtrade Bananas, to get involved in setting a standard. And Greg Valerio and people like me were really one of the most hated people in the jury industry because talking about ethical, when you say one thing is ethical... What does it say about the other that is not ethical? But if you look at any jeweler's website from the large corporation to the small jewelers, everybody now claims to be ethical and conflict-free. So that has changed within just a few years. Everybody is now jumped on the bandwagon. And I think the biggest danger now is greenwash or claims that can't be substantiated. So The word fair trade written with small letters or hyphenated, anybody can say it's fair trade and everybody can put their own definition. But fair trade gold, fair trade one word and capitalized is actually a protected term. You can only use capitalized fair trade gold or coffee or bananas if it actually is following the standards of the fair trade organization and is audited by third-party independent auditors against those claims. But words like sustainable or ethical are really a free-for-all at the moment, and they're more misused than actually positively used. So it is very important to be specific. I mean, many people now claim they're using recycled metals to be ethical. Well, I think using recycled metals is better than using virgin metals, where you don't know where they've been mined. But is it ethical? It could be more environmentally friendly, but it doesn't mean the origin of that metal is ethical originally. Yeah. Yeah, Someone explained it to me saying that sustainability, it's very much used in greenwashing because you put it onto, say, a monopoly that's been running for decades. It's sustainable because it's been going for decades and it will for another 50 years, but it doesn't mean it's actually doing good in the world. And I think that's where it's so important, as you said, to really be precise about what you're claiming and look for those certifications as well if they're there. And I wanted to ask, what would your advice be to a new founder who wants to create a sustainable business? Is there a sort of now, next or never to-do list for them to consider when they're starting out? Yes. The most important thing is to be truthful. It is a very complex and complicated area and you just won't ever get to perfection. It's a journey. And there's some very low-hanging fruits that you can immediately start out with that aren't 
at all jury specific, like where do you get your energy? Don't do any offsetting. Go for a green energy supplier, as in the UK, good energy or ecotricity. So that already makes a huge difference for your carbon footprint or a green web hosting companies because everything happens over the internet. So if you find somebody who does use green energy, that already makes a huge difference for just very general things. I start going to the ethical consumer website where you also have green banking. That's also very important. Where do you put your money? And then have a look at the SDG, uh, the social development goals by the UN, see where you're fitting there. Also very useful, even if you start up, is to have a look at the B Corporation. Even if you're not intending to become or you're too small to become a B Corporation, they have a whole lot of questions that will help you to assess where you are and what you can aspire to, even without going through the B Corp registration process. You can look at that. Also, being ethical is looking at the unintended consequences of our actions. So all our actions have consequences, but all the actions we don't take or the things we don't do also have consequences. So it is very important to know thy source, know where everything is coming from. In terms of metal, it has become a lot easier since fair trade. Use fair trade gold or use fair mined gold. So that is fully traceable. It's a transparent standard and it's third party audited. Those are the gold standards. In terms of diamonds and gemstones, it's a bit more difficult. But there are a few organizations I'm happy to mention that really will help you to understand and navigate and also just find suppliers. You can first of all go to ethicalmaking.org. That has a lot of information. Then there's an American association called Ethical Metal Smith. And it's a very giving and sharing community. Then wonderful podcasts by the Chicago Responsible Jury Conference, which is under responsiblejuryconference.com. Then there's the Jury Industry Summit, which is juryindustrysummit.com. They have wonderful webinars, podcasts. But then there's the Initiative in Art and Culture, which is artinitiatives.com. They're also running very interesting seminars. If you want to look at your materials, the University of Delaware has a really interesting research project called the Jury Development Impact Index. So if you're thinking to use a particular gemstone like rubies, you can actually look at the different countries that those rubies come and look at the issues. And ethicalmaking.com lists a lot of suppliers. So really, you have a lot, yeah. lot of information now out there. And Greg Valerio and I, we give some in-depth workshops three, four times a year. But there's so much information out there and that's just the jewellery sector and presumably other sectors will have as many champions of change as well. I was going to say, is there an industry agnostic body that supports founders in training that you know of? I know you offer the training course with Greg. Is there a more generic one that people could seek out? What I find with the more generic, they're so generic... I mean, the Department of DTI, Industry and Trade and all of those, they do run them. And I have actually taken part in some of those workshops, but we almost know those things already. Energy supplier, paper, it shouldn't just be FSC, it should be post-consumer waste, recycled. Just looking at every single tool within your toolkit, so energy 
broadband banking, paper supplying, anything that you're using, just check where it's coming from. Yeah, absolutely. And I work with founders and entrepreneurs to develop their PR messaging and many claim that their businesses or their brands are sustainable. And I wanted to ask you if there's a clear definition of what defines a business as a sustainable business and can anyone claim it without certification? Yes, sustainability, I think, is very much a journey. No business is 100% sustainable. First of all, jewelry is not sustainable. I mean, most of the things we are doing Mm. is not sustainable. We're using finite resources for non-essential products. So Mm. one has to be very mindful of using those claims. And I haven't found the right word yet. I think we're all struggling to find the right word, what is ethical. And that's where we're coming back to what we said initially, claiming sustainability just counts for nothing at all now that everybody's using them. You need to list on your website what exactly you're doing. So many are saying sustainable sourcing, conflict-free sourcing. Well, if there is nothing to back this up, Mm. it is meaningless. And in fact, I would distrust those kind of companies. Well, especially with jewellery and something that you learn very quickly in the jewellery industry is that all of the diamonds in the world have been born millennia ago and they're a finite resource. They will run out. I think you're completely correct that you can pull out parts of your business and define, right, this part of the business is totally sustainable. We back it up here. And this part isn't because it just can't be. Something I read recently was that sustainable claims made by brands are only regulated when it comes to advertising them. So if you're on publications, you're advertising your brand and you're claiming it's sustainable, there will be regulation around that. But there's no other way that it's scrutinized. Is that true? Yes, absolutely. Responsibly sourced is not one of the terms that are in any way protected, but environmentally friendly is. And there have recently been a ruling in the US because there's a big discussion between natural diamonds and lab-grown diamonds, both sides making claims that the regulators in the US have said you can't make them in terms of sustainability because lab-grown diamonds use a lot of energy. One's digging a great big hole in the ground and one's making a great big hole in the ozone. Yes. It's important to put whatever you're wanting to achieve, not on top of what you're doing, like you're doing something and then you're offsetting the negative part of it. It's looking at the first place of not creating a negative impact. So not using normal energy and then carbon offsetting. It's just use fully renewable energy in the first place. Or quite a few brands say we give 5% or 10% to charity. Again, it's wonderful Mm. if their business is already running in a very ethical way and then they're doing that on top. But if you're running just a status quo business and then give 10% to charity and claim that's ethical, I don't think it is. Mm. Incredibly good point. And brands and brand product development is tended to be led by consumer feedback and demand. And is there something that consumers can do to check what they're buying is indeed ethically produced? Yeah, it is really difficult to navigate for the consumer. I mean, it is very much about asking, asking your supplier, asking when you want to purchase anything, what is the context? What are you doing? What is your philosophy? And very much, can you back up your claims? So it's up to the consumer to have that responsibility to really research as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, on, on ethical making, there is a small section for consumers, the kind of questions to ask. 
And I really think that fair trade and fair mind is a minimum. Now, I work with fair trade gold, but I work with recycled silver because there isn't enough fair trade silver. So what is good for one metal, the gold standard might not be achievable for something else. I think what is very important, we as consumers have much more power than we think we have. But I also feel it's very important not just to be critical. Now, I happen to have quite a bit of information because of my own research. So if I go now to my supplier and say, I want more sustainable alternatives, well, they will have to do the whole research again. So I go in and say, here, you could have this, you could supply this, you could get this, you could get this. And that makes it so much easier. It's just wonderful to share information to enable other people to also offer better alternatives. And if everybody's challenging the status quo and asking the questions and making it slightly uncomfortable, things will change. And I think from a branding perspective as well, there must be an emotional connection with the consumer if you then get to deliver what they're asking. One question I wanted to ask, a lot of how to start up guests have always talked about founding a company or running a company and that responsibility and the weight it it comes onto their shoulders. Could you potentially expand on that from an ethical perspective? Because obviously you are not only producing beautiful jewellery, but you have this weight of responsibility to do it completely as as ethically as you possibly can. And that must be quite a lot of pressure. For me, it's rather I couldn't mm. do it the other way. Yeah. As you mentioned earlier, one of my proudest achievements is not having my work in the VNA, which of course is also wonderful. Yeah. Um, it is having shared and inspired and facilitated so many other thousands of jewelers to find that information. We all just are a drop in the ocean and every action we do is a drop in the ocean. But we have to remember the ocean is made up of nothing but little drops. The status quo is just not sustainable. We're drowning in plastic. We're drowning in what we're doing for convenience. And yes, using fair trade gold, being audited, it's a bit more paperwork and it's also more expensive expensive to source fair trade gold. But if you think of a wedding band, let's say, which is maybe about eight grams of gold, the extra cost is approximately maybe $20. So how many lattes is that? Yeah. I feel like we're going to get to the point where this is going to be just layered in as part of our business owning responsibilities. We have to do reporting on what we're doing with our pipelines and our product and our people. Hopefully we'll get to that point in the future. And that's actually what my final question for you would be, what would you like to see from new founders in the coming months and years? I think new founders are already demonstrating. Many of them are millennials who are much more aware of the questions. And also, even if it's not in your blood, consumers are looking at those issues more and more. And the reputational damage is just too great as well. You can't risk it. But I really think the wonderful thing is if you're starting out, you can set up all of those processes from the beginning mm. so you don't have to change them later. So start with looking at the ethical consumer, start looking at uh how to become a B Corp, even if you're not going through the entire process, it will really help you ask the right kind of questions. And then once you're set up this way, you can really look at other areas which might be a bit more complex. So really start as you mean to go on. Yeah, yeah. Create a good foundation and just think of your own values. I like a quotation attributed to Gandhi, be the change 
you want to see in this world. Amazing. Thank you so much, Uta. That's been fascinating. I have learned so much in a very short period of time, but I now have a very nice to-do list as well. So thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you very much. It's been wonderful. It's been so interesting hearing Uta's advice for startups aiming to be ethical. I found her uncompromising and totally convincing. And I love the quote from something Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in this world. I think when anybody's starting a company, it's such an opportunity to do the right thing by your people, your planet. Apart from getting a good accountant, every guest has also talked about the weight of responsibility on their shoulders when starting a company. And being ethical and sustainable absolutely falls under this responsibility. However, it's so reassuring and encouraging that there are people like you out there willing and able to offer such constructive advice. If you'd like to contact Uta, you'll find all of her details in the show notes along with the links that she has mentioned. Thank you for listening to How to Start Up. I hope these conversations offer you some confidence, encouragement and reassurance that you're on the right track. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd be so appreciative if you were to rate, review and subscribe as it will really help other people starting a company discover it.